0: Hello, welcome to a Grad Scheme Special Careers Talk, I'm Kerry Eustace. In this week's show, we ask which is right for you, a graduate scheme or an entry-level job? To help us out, we're joined by careers consultant Chris Whiteley, PwC trainee-turned-fully-fledged tax accountant James Fock, and undecided graduate Amy Wordsworth. And Julian Linley explains why failure isn't always a career disaster. But first, hello to Harriet Minter and Alison White. Hello. hello. How are you both? Good, thank oh, you. It's... Nice to be back. <laughs> Isn't it? So, Ali, I know your story is quite unusual. You've got an unlikely suggestion how the recession can actually be good for your career. Yeah. So, yeah. Tell us about that. <laughs> it's a rare bit of optimism and...
1: Um, kind of different way of looking at it I suppose but this is a blogger um, a careers expert over in America actually on the international business times blog saying the reality is a recession actually does have some long-term and short-term upsides when it comes to how we view and manage our careers so he suggests being made let go during recession isn't as hard to accept as during other times really it's not as difficult to explain as well because it's happening to all sorts of people Mm. all over the place and you know it helps people rationalize the situation a bit better sort of easier to swallow perhaps um, and then his next point is it sort of gets people to rethink the concept of evaluating people based on what they do for a job like it's that age-old question what do you do and you kind of make assumptions on the people depending on what the profession is really mm. but he's sort of saying the status has shifted a bit so as we've always looked at degrees as a bit of an indicator of status then he said you know we've got a whole new respect for people who've worked their way up in a trade and there's like a whole new set of careers that have been attractive in a recession Last of all, he says it forces people to make choices and experience they wouldn't otherwise, which could even lead to kind of new career paths. And he gave the example of a chap with a finance degree who was working in a country club, because it's in America, pouring drinks. And someone noticed how efficient and good he was. One of the customers got talking to him and said, "Well, call up one of my colleagues." And a week later, he had a full-time job, all just through that chance and. Interaction. So interesting points. I don't know if I agree with all of them, but some optimism
0: there. Yeah, I suppose it's a good way of looking at things. If things aren't going your way in your career, you are made redundant. The opportunities that follow weren't what you planned, but they yeah. turned out for the good. All right. And um, my story. I'm looking at last week's budget, which included a package of measures to tackle soaring youth unemployment because we know that's a big problem at the moment and I wanted to look at some of the reactions in the sort of graduate blogging community to those measures but just to round up some of the things that George Osborne said here they are going to increase um, by five times the number of places on the current sort of work experience scheme for young people looking on sort of job seekers allowance mm-hmm. so it's going up from 20,000 to 100,000 places over the next two years and what that scheme is is where Job Centre Plus max is 18 to 21 year olds with employers offering work experience. Um, They're unpaid positions, but they can continue to claim their job seekers. Mm. And then another measure was there's going to be an extra 50,000 apprenticeships over the next four years, which takes the total up to 250,000. So some of the reactions um, on the Graduate Fog blog, they said that the Chancellor has shown himself to be woefully out of touch with the reality of life for unemployed graduates, mainly because, you know, the the way that they're going to help unemployed graduates into work is offering them unpaid work experience when, as we kind of know, working in this space, that's already a huge problem and Mm -hmm. a really big complaint of graduates that the opportunities that they're being offered are unpaid And also, this scheme, because it's for 18 to 21-year-olds, it doesn't actually tend to include people who are just out of graduation. It's just Mm. just on the cut-off point, so it's not particularly aimed at people with degrees. So there's a big demographic there that are in need of opportunities, but they're going to miss out on the scheme. Um, And what Graduate Fog suggests is if the coalition really wants to help graduates, they should start by pushing out on paid internships and encouraging big companies especially to pay and then sort of working it down to SMEs, because that's the thing that the market it really needs. There were some good comments on this blog, actually. Um, one was, when I heard the budget announcement, I thought, oh, great, something for young people. And then I remembered I was 25. <laughs> um, and this is one of the things that we've noticed so much in the comments on careers. You know, there are a lot of people that are a couple of years after graduation, that are still struggling, but there aren't mm. any measures to help them at the moment. Um, Target Jobs did point out one thing that the government has said, that graduates have been on Job Seekers Allowance for six months or more, may be eligible for a training allowance while undertaking unpaid work experience or internship. The details are still a bit unclear, so it might be best to contact your local job centre to check. And it's not likely to be, you know, a full wage, it's probably just going to be your job seeker still. But, you know, that's one thing that's aimed at grads. And inspiring interns said that it was welcome news, but it seems ludicrous that candidates looking to better their CVs, and improve their job prospects through work experience were previously being penalised by having their job seekers allowance withdrawn. So I'm also looking at what's
2: going on on the web today, and one of the things that has kind of popped up is a survey from the recruitment consultants, Robert Half, saying that social media is a, quote, fail whale for recruitment. And they've basically gone around and asked people that work with them, how do you recruit?, And they've come up with this figure which says that 52% of chief financial officers indicated that their company has not used any social media in the recruitment process. Which is quite surprising because we certainly are always pushing social media and how you can use it to recruit. And we hear a lot about people who've done really, really well from it. But I think actually this is just a clear case of how a survey can tell you anything. So if you look at it, they've asked chief financial officers I'm going to be really blunt here and say that chief financial officers are not doing a lot of their own recruitment. Mm. Their HR teams are, or their more junior staff are. So they probably don't actually know what they did to find these people. They're also pointing out that 27% of people who are recruiting through social media aren't actually using things like LinkedIn, Facebook and Twitter. They're using um, kind of industry or professional networks. So I think that's actually quite a good tip, which is if you're going to try and use social media to get a job, go and find the sites that are specific to the industry you want to work in and that are actually hopefully going to be filled with the people that you want to work with because then you're going to get an insight of the industry and you're going to be talking to the right people. And obviously the other thing is look at what sector you want to work in and where they're going to be. Because probably if you want to work in accounting or finance, that's going to be less socially media savvy than if you want to work in media or journalism or anything like that. So just be a bit careful about it and also take a cynical approach to all surveys that you see. Thanks very much.
0: Now, this week's show may be about getting your career decisions right. But our guru, Julian Linley, says a career just ain't a career without a few mistakes.
3: The theme this week is failure and how to deal with it. Because if you haven't experienced it already, at some point during your career, you will come across something that will really challenge you because it won't go the way that you think. So the situation that someone has written to us about is that they had had a successful career working in film and television, they'd then taken a few years out to develop their own feature, feature film I suppose they're talking about, but then that hadn't worked out. And what they're worried about is going back into the workplace with this sort of five-year gap in their CV and how they sort of explain it when people ask about it in interviews. So here's the thing. All of us at some point during our career are going to trip over, are going to fall down, we're going to you know do something that doesn't go as well as we think it's going to go. And that can be really tough to deal with. I've experienced it. Everyone I know that I've worked with has experienced it. At the time, it feels bloody awful because it challenges everything that you thought you knew about your career, it challenges everything you thought you knew about your skills. And that can be quite a hard wake up call. However, as tough as it is at that time, it's an important development to go through, not only for your career, but from a kind of personal level as well, because. Learning how to deal with failure turns you into a much more successful employee and a person, I believe. Failure is just a word. I'm sorry if that sounds a bit trippy-dippy New Age help, self-help book. But failure is just a way of looking at a situation. Another way of looking at it, however, is that you've learned a lesson about how to not do something again in the future. And what you definitely don't want failure to do to you is to squash your instincts to make you feel as if the decisions that you made were wrong because sometimes it's got a lot more to do with external circumstances why things don't work and instead what quite often happens is that people become they lose their confidence when when they have failures when in actual fact you should try and see the positives in, and learn things from your failure so that you don't become a victim of it. I've had a couple of failures during my career that i found really tough. You know, I started my career in a very quick, successful, fast, you know, way that made me feel invincible for several years. You know, I got promotion after promotion and I felt as if there was nothing that I couldn't do. I then hit this massive stumbling block, which was a gap in my learning. And probably actually a symptom of that rapid rise to success. I found it really difficult to deal with that situation at the time because it meant that I had to rethink everything that I had thought about myself, but also everything that I'd learned to realise that actually I couldn't just do those same things over and over again and always get the same result. That, you know, things change. And at the time, I'd say it took me a few months to really get my head around what it was that i had got wrong and but i really wanted to work out where i had made a mistake and i talked to people that i worked with you know that had been involved as well in the project and i sort of asked them what they thought and they gave me some very honest feedback which was really helpful for me to help work out you know what it where it was that i'd gone wrong and you know what sometimes it's really good to just suck it up it can be difficult to hear, but it can be really useful.
0: Some hopeful advice there from Julian Lindley, Creative Director at Bower. Now, we know an awful lot about graduate schemes. Top firms spend serious money on the milk round to make sure of that. We know they're often well paid, highly respected, and tough to get onto. But how can you be sure that a graduate programme is the right option? Are you really a graduate scheme type or would you be better suited perhaps to a smaller company and on-the-job training? We carried out a Q&A on this recently and discovered that despite the glut of information on the web and on campus, there are lots of you out there with big uncertainties about all of this. Well, with me today to explore some of those questions, we've got a graduate scheme insider four years into their career, an undecided graduate and a career coach. So let's see if we can iron out some of your conundrums. Joining me now is James Fock, who joined PwC in 2007. Hello, James. Hello. Thank you for joining us. No problem. Um, I understand you've recently got back from a secondment with the company. Where have you been? Tell us just quickly a bit about that.
4: Well, interestingly, I went to Bahrain and just came back uh, in the middle of the riot. (laughs) Uh, I was seconded there for three months to uh, work in the M&A practice, so that's merger and acquisition.
0: Is that a big part of your job, travel?
4: No, not normally. Uh, It just happened that with the firm there's a lot of international travel opportunities, but that tend to come in later in the career, but I was quite fortunate to be uh, picked to do this.
0: So give us a little intro to your job. I mean, what is it? What do you
4: do? Um, My day-to-day job really involves in helping client understand their uh, tax in their business, uh, either helping them preparing their year-end returns or actually giving them advice on what to do.
0: How did you come into the company? Because you took the grad scheme route, but it didn't start there for you, did it? Tell us about how you got your job.
4: No, it didn't. Coming out of university is quite daunting to figure out what you want to do. So in the end, I got into PwC via a year-long internship route to get an understanding what the tax practice is about. I then applied to the grad scheme and then joined a training contract.
0: Did you think that the internship was kind of like a real benefit for your application, sort of being familiar with the company and, you know, knowing that it really suited you?
4: Oh, most definitely. The experience I gained and uh, simply just understanding both the the technical work and also getting to know the team was very, very helpful.
0: When you finished uni, you said you were kind of trying to decide what to do. Were you always kind of set on a graduate scheme route, that kind of progression into a a career? Or was the internship a way to kind of decide if it was going to be right for you?
4: I guess both of them are quite correct. Coming out of university, there's so many options, but uh, many employers these days do offer the Graduate scheme, and it's a great way of getting to know a company for for a few years. A lot of recruiters do come to the uh, university careers fair, and you you. See a lot of different people, a lot of old friends sometimes, and they tell you about the company, and you do get a good sense of information as to what these uh, graduate schemes are about.
0: And what appealed to you about this route, would you say?
4: Back in the time when I applied, is the uh, job security. There's um, certainly doing the uh, qualification that I'm doing now. give you three years in a company, you learn the various skills, and you, you get to know a, a group of people who just came out of university. We go to college as a group to to study for our qualification. We then get split into a smaller group, working in our own team. It's quite similar to joining a university again. So you do some learning, you you have your own group of friends, who are now your colleagues as well, and you see each other through the the, the happy times and the tough time.
0: What was new to you and what was challenging about the experience?
4: I think the, uh, the responsibility. You are doing work for a company and... Part of the work really is to be able to deliver on time, but at the same time there's so much support, so you can always ask your friends or your colleagues to, to give your hand. Um, it's just all in all, it, it's about building a teamwork. Would
0: you say there are certain people or personality types that are suited to this route into a company
4: or career? In my experience, we have some very numerical type joining PwC, uh, we also have some RT people. At the same time, we also have a uh, surgeon as a colleague who just started in the graduate programme with us. So it's quite refreshing to see a whole bunch of people. Uh, I guess hardworking would be the one common thing that we all have.
0: And what's the next step for you in your career? Do you want to stay with the company and kind of progress?
4: Potentially. I guess another advantage of working for a big firm like PwC is that you have the opportunity to travel. Luckily, I've already done that, but it opened my eyes to both the Middle East region and and the culture, the work. So potentially uh, looking into doing another one maybe, uh, this time somewhere else, hopefully.
0: Thanks very much, James. Thank you. Now, our next guest is a much earlier stage in the whole process. On the phone from Manchester, we're joined by graduate Amy Wordsworth, who's currently looking for her dream role in marketing and advertising. Hello, Amy. Hello. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. Thank you for having a chat with us. Can you just start off by telling us a bit about you, You know, about your degree, what you're doing now, and what job you'd ultimately love to have?
5: Well, I graduated in 2009 with an advertising and marketing honours degree, um, and I'm due to graduate in May um, with a master's by research. So uh, as it starts moving closer, I thought maybe I should start applying, (laughs) having a look around. I've applied for 10 or so jobs. And I've been rejected. So um, I created my website um, and yeah. to help me stand out a bit. Just to tell everyone a bit about
0: your website. It's kind of quite yeah. interactive, isn't it? And you sort of use your skills in sort of marketing and branding to tell yeah. people about you, don't you? Yeah.
5: Um one of the bits of advice I had in my previous internship was to market myself, really, if that's the job that I want to go for. That I really need to go through some personal branding. Tell us a little bit about the jobs that you're going
0: for, because one of the reasons that we wanted to interview. you you posted on our live Q&A that you were going for both graduate schemes and entry level jobs
5: I have gone for a mix I think preferably I would like to go with a grad scheme because I think that the companies do offer you quite a lot of security and because I'm not sure specifically what kind of role I want to go into just to be a little bit more flexible it seems like those offering the grad schemes have got the resources behind them as well to support your growth and that's something that I'm quite interested in just growing with a company.
0: And what about an entry level role though I mean what appeals to you about that is it more because you just want a foot on the ladder or do you kind of like the benefits that that sort of option gives you as well
5: yeah definitely I just want yeah just to get my foot on the ladder really and um just to get in somewhere, it's always hard just to get in the door, I think. How did you
0: mainly find out about graduate schemes? Is it stuff on campus or your own research online?
5: Yeah, um, there, are, there were a few companies that came into to our uni and introduced themselves in the graduate scheme, but most of it I've just discovered through um, recruitment sites and the Guardian career actually has been really helpful. Um, and their Q&A session introduced me to Claire Knight, such so tell us a bit about your next steps.
0: What are you going to do now to help yourself secure a job? Well,
5: I'm currently in the middle of competing for this lift pitch I'm advertised with G and X. There's a competition that they're doing um, that came to my attention through the Guardian Q&A. And I'm also applying for a couple of jobs that I'm still to hear back for, uh, hopefully by sealing something by uh, summer. Do you
0: spend quite a lot of time on your
5: applications. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. It, It can take me a whole day to apply... Um, especially for the graduate schemes because you want to know so much and a lot of very in-depth questions that you really have to think about and provide scenarios of a time when you showed a leadership role or something like that because I'm trying to tailor each of my answers to the company. It's it's very time-consuming.
0: I think that's a good thing. You do need to spend a lot of time and effort, so we wish you lots of luck and hopefully you'll let us know how you get on in another podcast. I will keep you posted. Right, hopefully our next guest will have some ideas for Amy and anyone else in a similar position. Career coach and founder of CPW Executive Coaching, Chris Whiteley, works with corporates to develop their entry-level and graduate programmes, and he also does some life coaching. Hello, Chris. Hello. Well, thanks for joining us. I wanted to start off by asking you a little bit about the work that you do developing these programmes. Can you just give me a brief intro?
6: Yeah, well, it's mainly from the, the original startings of the, the exec coaching company. I was obviously working with people who were somewhat on in their careers as per the executive coaching tag, and I've always had a passion for doing something with the up-and-coming aspiring leaders, so that obviously entailed uh, looking at the entry-level talent. And the way I've, I've worked with that is I have a, a particular vision about starting an academy Call the Life Leadership and Creativity Academy, and the focus of this would be to give a place where entry-level talent could could come and have third-party input to themselves in the areas of life, and that's sharing experience with people who've been there, seen it, and done it. Leadership in terms of standard leadership uh, development and education, and the subject of creativity because i believe creativity is a key for the future for corporates to harness the creativity out of people and and not beat it out of them
0: i mean the contact that we have with graduates on our site sometimes feels like the graduate schemes are billed as the holy grail of post-university employment you know the thing that they're really pushed towards i mean would you agree with that that a lot of grads see it as the ultimate goal
6: oh uh, very much so i would agree that they do However, I would suggest that they shouldn't see it as the holy grail. Now, don't misunderstand me here. I absolutely believe in the, the process of companies having schemes and uh, being a product of one. Mm-hmm. You know, it, I can't speak highly enough in that context. But I think it's the, sometimes it's the narrowness of that that is the piece that I'd like to encourage Entry level talent people to consider.
0: How would you sort of um, advise a graduate who's trying to determine or decide between a graduate scheme and maybe an alternative option like just going in for sort of a junior post or an entry level role?
6: Well, I think that there's a very fundamental piece that applies almost either way. I believe it's about somehow getting to meet with the person who is going to have some engagement stroke control influence over you when you land wherever you land if you can go and find a non-scheme option where you can meet the person you you can understand the person you can get a feel for the person then sometimes I believe that's better than a faceless solution see as an ex finance director I was a recipient of a number of graduate trainees coming through my hands so to speak Um, and hopefully fortunately for them I was minded to be interested in them but it it can't always be the case that the people in the front line are so minded Um, so I think if you do go for a a non-scheme solution which might be a bit narrower you may have a better chance of accessing the person who's going to be effectively influencing massively the early parts of your career
0: I see. Do you think the grad schemes particularly are suited to specific personality types or people with specific kind of career progression plans?
6: I think it's incumbent on the grads themselves to make a big effort to, as best they can at that stage of their lives, understand themselves and apply themselves to companies stroke schemes that have some match with their values. One of the key things uh, I have observed so far is about their motivation. I-, I think they should make an effort to be clear about what motivates them in life because, up until this point, everything's very competency based, skill based, shall we say, mm. and there's lots of tests about your skills and, and your aptitudes as you go. I-, I think motivation is key to getting off on a good start to your career.
0: We get asked a lot of questions about the sort of criteria and the application process for schemes. I mean, you, do you have some insight into this? If you perhaps don't meet all the requirements, should you still apply? And what do you think it's, it is that prevents candidates getting through to maybe the interview or the assessment centre stage?
6: Well, I, I think apart from the the, the, the basic statements, filling the application incorrectly, spelling mistakes, etc., cetera, et cetera, I think one of the key factors I've seen in, in repeated disappointments is people, good people as well, freezing in the process and not being able to cope with either the interview or the assessment centre. Make sure you know why you're doing it and, and know what you've got to offer that company. So if you believe in yourself and you know, you, you've just had an off, an off time when you finally did your your exams, et cetera, et cetera. Be clear to get that point across, the the additional benefit that you believe matches the company's requirement. I mean, after all, the company uh you know, I call it the I and the we theory. It's about the we of the company has a certain agenda it wants to f- fulfill, and that's to to obtain the best future talent, potentially. You have to meet their expectation of explaining to them why you are in that category even if you've not quite done something that that sort of fits the standard
0: Um, and just to sort of round up what would your top three tips be for graduates who are weighing up that decision the grad scheme versus entry-level job
6: get some third-party input into your into your process of decision making be clear about what you are and what motivates you as a person, and be absolutely clear about what it is you have to offer and match that to what the company is saying it requires.
0: Fantastic. Thank you very much, Chris. It's been lovely speaking to you.
6: Oh, you're welcome.
0: Okay. if you're still no clearer on your next steps, perhaps this collection of grad schemes and jobs will tempt you into a decision. Harriet and Ali are here to reveal this week's Job Top Ten. Kicking off
1: the chart at 10, it's a graduate marketing assistant from STEP. The Sainsbury Family Charitable Trust is looking for a junior IT specialist at 9. In at 8, Region Selection is offering a graduate
2: marketing intern role. And at 7, we have a graduate conference producer from Albany Appointments. While Aston Carter is looking for trainee recruitment consultants at 6. Teach First is offering opportunities on its leadership development programme at 5. And at 4, Zenith OptiMedia is looking for graduate trainees. At 3, we have a graduate business administrator role from Barron and Green. One from the top at two, MI5 is looking for intelligence officers. But this week's numero uno is
0: a sports marketing assistant internship with Puma. Before we dash off, here's what we've got coming up on the site next week. On Monday,
1: we have Getting Out of a Career Rut. On Tuesday, How to Break into Copywriting. Wednesday is a Survival Guide for Graduate Job Seekers. And Thursday, What to Do with a Degree
0: in Architecture. That brings us to the end of the pod. Thanks to all our guests, Chris Whiteley, James Fock, Amy Wordsworth, Julian Lindley and the studio team, Harriet Minter and Ali White. Careers Talk was produced by Sarah Cudden. I'm Kerry Eustace. Goodbye.